What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Kind of Different, a podcast where we talk about innovation in dentistry. We connect with some of the best guests, some of the most amazing people in this profession, and we talk about how we all together can make dental care more human. I'm Dr. Matt Allen, CEO and co-founder of Different Kind and your host for Kind of Different. And I am, I, I just don't think I could be more thrilled for this conversation that we're about to have today. Today, we have with us a, uni- a true unicorn in the dental industry, somebody who is going to shine a ton of light on things that need light shined on them and is going to provide a ton of insight for us and is going to do all of that in a really fun and interesting way. And if you're watching this, we're even wearing the same thing. So I really, I feel like our, our vibe is really good. Um, Andrew Gordon, Chief Experience Officer at Open Door Dental. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really excited for this conversation. Would love for you to start off by telling our listeners and watchers a, a little bit more about yourself and Open Door. Yeah, super appreciate you having me, Matt. Really excited to, to join with you and, and chat about patient experience and things like that. Yeah, I'm the chief uh, uh, experience officer at Open Door Dental. I've held that title now for a couple of years. And uh, before that was chief operating officer here. Um, so a couple of years ago, shifted in, into the role that I, I feel now. Uh, married, have four wonderful kids. I'm from Oregon. I'm a big Oregon Ducks fan. So go Ducks uh, to, to anybody out there. And uh, yeah, no, just absolutely loving the opportunity to work in, in this industry and, and try to do things differently. That's really, you know, our brand here at Open Door is, is trying to, to break down barriers, uh, open what, what we consider, what the patients would consider a closed door to them. And yeah. so that's where the name was born, was, was mm. just patients perceive things as not being available to them. Let's make them available. So that's the, that's the idea. I love it, man. Well, let's let's dive right in. Um, let's start off talking about innovation, and, and we have to start with your title, right? Because in my mind, being a CXO, right? A lot of people might not even know that term, right? But like, chief experience officer is innovative, right? It's there's not a lot of your job description out there in, in dental organizations, whether that's DSOs or whatever it might be. So, first of all, like you just mentioned, you just kind of switched over from COO to to become CXO. We'd just love to know a little bit more about how that transition happened, how you came up with the role, how it's changed in the couple of years you've, you know, done it. Um, let's let's start there, like just in terms of what that really means and, and maybe even just a little of like what you do. Um, yeah. Because I think there might be some people out there being like, what does a chief experience officer do, right? So I would love for you to dive into that a little bit for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things people hear it, chief experience officer, they're like, what are you doing day in, day out? And, you know, it's it, but it's the best. It's easily the best job ever. Yeah. Um, so chief operations, you know, the, the, the transition happened as somebody within our organization uh, started to shine just substantially more than I, I was at at being good at operations. You know, she's phenomenal. Her name's Shandy and works with us and and just was getting better and better as, as she went along. And as our team was growing, that meant a new role for me inside of something. You yeah. know, what is it that I was going to be going to be doing and, and allowing her to, to continue to progress and be the best version of herself meant that I had to find a new version of myself. What was I going to be passionate about? So my background's in hospitality management. I, I've worked uh, in hotels and restaurants for, for a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I brought to the table when I when I entered the dental field uh, about 10 years ago was just a focus on on customer service mindedness. You know, that's that's my background. That's what I'm good at. That's what I'm passionate about is is people having a good time mm-hmm. and and treating people the way that they would want to be treated. And so 
uh, started looking at, at, you know, what's the title going to be? Uh, I've never been one who's big for titles. It's never been super important to me. What I get to do day in, day out is way more important. Yep. But in that search where you try, you're trying to define yourself, you're like, well, let's, what's that going to be? And came across this title, the CXO. So first of all, it's the coolest like acronym <laughs> or, or for, 100%, for uh, yeah, like so way, yeah, way cooler than any so, other C-suite acronym. Exactly. So I'm just like, uh, whatever that is, I want it. Uh, so I was just like CXO. And then, then it really started a lot of discussions between myself and our executive team of, you know, what would that look like? And, mm -hmm. and what's the importance of having somebody who's focused on patient experience and, and that the backbone of everything that we're doing is making sure that we stay patient focused, making sure we stay patient minded and that they have a choice when they're coming to see us or going to other places. And that we wanted to make that, you know, uh, have a voice in our executive team, you know, operations represents the operational side, clinical, the clinical, you know, CEO or a CFO is always the financial or the business strategy, but who on the executive team was going to represent, how is this going to affect patients? How's it going to affect their experience within our building? How's it going to affect their their overall impression of of open door dental? And so that's that's where it started. Um, my job becomes a lot of catch all things, but then you know trying to have that focus. So mm -hmm. so I get to my, in in my particular role, I become responsible for a lot of the provider recruitment. And, and the way that that falls into the CXO role is that our, your providers are just such a, a key part of the experience that your patients are going to receive as well as the team. Yep. And, and so there's such a driving force between, for, for that entire experience. So it's my job to go out and find the right ones. You know, there's, there's a ton of phenomenal providers out there. But we, we're trying to do things a little differently here at Open Door. We're open 7 to 7, Monday through Friday, every Saturday, 8 to 6. That breaks some people's brains. And, <laughs> uh, and they have sometimes a hard time understanding that. Yeah. So you got to go out and find the right type of provider who's going to enjoy that type of a work environment uh, where, where they're, they are only working three days a week, but that they are going to be working some long days and seeing a lot of patients. Mm -hmm. And so a big part of my job is, is uh, provider recruitment and, and helping out with provider training. Uh, I'm a big analytics guy. I always have been. And so a lot of the, not just the patient experience metrics, but overall company metrics, which mm -hmm. tell you how the patient experience is going, fall yeah. onto my plate. So, so I do a lot of the metrics, the analytics side of things uh, for the entire company, uh, and then special project type of stuff mm -hmm. uh, to be able to, to help out with construction projects that are, you know, if our patient experience is starting to struggle because our building isn't big enough, you know, <laughs> we, need to, we need to build out another, another spot or we, you know, um, increasing size of team, all of those different things, you know, yeah. equipment that needs to be purchased, that, that type of stuff. A lot of that falls onto my plate, you know, between a, a direct relationship with, with our, our chief operating officer. So. I love it, man. I mean, there's, there's so much in there. I think one of the things I want to highlight, I think in your response there, right, is you're dealing a lot with team, right? And I think that any good CXO is going to be not only responsible for the patient experience, but also for the employee experience, right? And you're going to be, those two are not you know, you can't separate them from you yeah. know, the, each other, right? Because you're obviously your staff is interacting with your patients and your patients are interacting with your staff and that, that's going to, you know, determine how happy each each other are, right? And so, um, so you obviously are talking about a ton of innovative things for patients, right? And being really empathetic around that process. And you can tell, you know, you're, you're just as empathetic about the employee experience there. Um, 
you mentioned this like, hey, we know that our patients need and want us to be open beyond the traditional dental hours, right? And how you've done that. Um, I would just love to, you know, kind of have you explore the question of what role do you think patients have in innovation, you know, within dental practices? Like, obviously that's you being super empathetic to their needs and saying, hey, this is what they want. So we're going to innovate in this way. So like, you know, what role do you see them having and how, what are some other ways, I guess, within Open Door that you've seen, heard from patients that said, hey, this is not something that's currently happening and we have to innovate in this way to make, make that a reality? Yeah, I think, you know, innovation is always business when you boil it down is, is, is providing something to someone who wants something, you know, <laughs> and so, so dentistry overall should really look at patient experience and patient desires slash needs as mm. being what drives all of their, their business decisions. Unfortunately, uh, as an industry, I think lots of times we get stuck in what does the doctor want as being our, our guiding light? You know, the doctor mm -hmm. wants to be here eight to five Monday through Thursday. So that's when we're going to be here. Right. The truth is, is that's not, that's not a sound business decision. That's according to a doctor's wants. And yeah. I'm not saying that they can't have that. I'm <laughs> saying that we can't say that that's what the patients want and then do that if that's really because, you know, you start looking around and people, I had a, a case yesterday a friend of ours was looking for an appointment and, and they got scheduled at their doctor's office who they've had established care for. Uh, they got scheduled nine months from now for, for being able to get the next available cleaning. And they called our office and we got them in the next day, the whole family, a family of five. And That's so amazing. it's one of those things where they're saying, you know, I'm, I'm here for my patients, but yeah. going, going back to your question, I think, Patients should drive all of your innovations, you know, mm -hmm. as, as far as, you know, pay solutions. If, if mm -hmm. patients want online scheduling, you know, you've got to look to your patient base yeah. and try to take yourself out of the equation. Lots of times mm -hmm. we put ourselves in there and we say, well, I don't really use online scheduling. So why, why do I need to provide that? And you're like, well, you're not the person. Yeah. Your patients are. And so you've really got to take yourself out of the equation and start, you know, figuring out ways to communicate with them to find out. Anybody who thinks that that patients that we're not in a me now generation, you mm -hmm. know, hasn't looked at hasn't used their Amazon account, you know, yeah. Amazon is is doing that day in day out, and is yeah. in, insanely successful by by providing people with what they want when they want it. Yeah. And I think that in the industry of dentistry, healthcare the same way. That's why Instacares are are so popular and getting bigger. And there's more and more of them popping up every day. It's yep. just what you want when you want it. And dentistry is going to get left behind. And a lot of these uh, smaller offices are going to get left behind if they don't start to adapt to that. Because that that's the way that the whole world is going. It's not just the industry. It's everything in the world is becoming faster and becoming I want it and I want it now. And, and we can talk about how entitled that is and because it is, but it's a reality, you know, totally. that's, that's totally. where we are, you know, Carvana. They're like, I want a car. I want it at my driveway tomorrow morning. Can you make that happen? And they're like, sure. Yeah. And look what happens is this entire corporation is born from this idea of removing barriers of not having to go in and not having to, to pick out your car. You can just have it delivered to your house. So. Totally. Well, I, I think we'll, we'll get into this later. And I love, you know, this idea of, 
you know, hey, we want to be the most convenient solution, right? In terms of like, hey, we want to build in all the ways that our patients need to be able to come in, like when they need an appointment, right? Because I think it's a metric that we measure a different kind, right? Of like, I was able right. to get an appointment when I needed it. And, and that might not go. be, you know, in two hours, it might be in three days or whatever it is. But like, hey, I was able to get the appointment, I got, you know, whatever, and I could pay, I could do all those things. Um, and I definitely want to like, come back to you know, in a little bit at the end, we'll talk a little bit about the trust, you know, as well, right? Because there's like the convenience factors and then there's the trust factors of, hey, like we want to be the convenient solution. And then we want to do the things that will make, you know, relationally you say, hey, I trust these people and I would, you know, do whatever, you know, to keep coming back here, right? So let's put a pin in that. I want to talk about you because I think there's a lot of fascinating <laughs> things about you just in general. Um, but one of the things that I always love learning from people who are constantly thinking about patient experience is like, tell us a story about a formative experience that you've had as a patient, something that really left an indelible mark in your brain to say, wow, this was either really good or really bad. And it shaped how I think about receiving healthcare in general. So it could be medical care, it could be dental care, whatever it is, but just a formative experience that you've had as a patient. Yeah. So uh, I'd probably, as far as formative, it would be my, my wife has a, a few medical issues that we've struggled with over the years. Mm -hmm. And because of those, we've spent our fair share of time in doctor's offices and, and hospitals. And the amount of, of times that I have been greeted by somebody who doesn't make eye contact, mm -hmm. uh, you know, is it, you know, just the, the, the looking at their desk and they just say name, you know, and, and, and you don't, you get nothing from them, no empathy, no, no human, you know, connection. And, and I can't stand that. And, and part of that's just my personality of, I love people and I like yeah. talking to people and things like that, but I can't stand that, that feeling of just non-connection with, with another human. And, and so I think my, my a formative experience for me has just been the amount of times where I feel like nobody cares, you yeah. know, and no, nobody nobody cares. And that's so hard. That's so, and, and that'll define your interaction with an entire organization. Even yeah. if the product's fantastic, even if the service is great, if you feel like they don't care, yeah. then, then the whole thing goes south. And so, so I think that's, you know, for me been a driving force here is making sure people know that we do care, making mm -hmm. sure people know that that we want them here that we're excited that they're here you know and and that that because of them we get to do this every day and <laughs> and i get to provide for my family and my my team gets to provide for their families and we get to experience all of these awesome things in our lives because this person made the decision to come to our dental practice that's not a hindrance you know a new patient at different times can feel like this just weight on your shoulders because there's so much more you have to do with a new patient, mm -hmm. but that shouldn't be the way you make them feel. You know, <laughs> you should make them feel so excited that they made the decision to come in and get their dental work done today because we, we have patients because of our, our hours of operation. We'll have patients who haven't been to the dentist in 20 years, yeah. you know, and they're, and they're embarrassed and they feel terrible about, you know, even coming in, they're apologizing most of the time. We're like, this is the <laughs> whole reason we exist. Exactly, this is, yeah. we're, we're so stoked that you're here. Thank you so much. And, you know, please just keep coming back. Please just be part of, of what it is that we're doing because we can make your life better. Our overarching goal here is to help people live longer, happier lives because mm -hmm. we know that medically they're going to live longer with good oral health and then happier. You know, anybody who takes care of, of their tooth pain 
two pains, the worst thing in the world. That's not, that doesn't put you in a happy place, no. but, but not just that, the confidence of, of a bright smile, the confidence of, of being able to eat and all of those different things just changes your whole life experience. So we, you know, it, it sounds kind of, you know, big and, and grandiose, but we yeah. change lives here yeah. and, and that's exciting. You know, that yeah. makes this job just super fun. I'm not really a tooth guy. Teeth are, are not my, <laughs> my thing. I, I think yeah. saliva and blood and all that is, kind of gross. Um, but, but uh, man, making people happy, making people smile. I'll do that till the day I die. There you go. That's a gift, right? That's totally a gift. I love that, that, man. Um, well you, you, uh, you hit on something that I want to actually like, so feel free, we can, you know, come back to this a little bit too. But one of the things I was going to ask you was like, what's one small, easily implementable tip that you feel like, you know, practices could do. And you, you just mentioned this idea of just like eye contact, right? If everyone is even having eye contact, right? Like it's so small. And so like, Hey, it's not hard right? To do this one thing. Um, so keep that in your brain. Cause like I said, when we come back to making dental care more human, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, if you have other ideas there, great. I have other questions for you. If you're like, Hey, that's a really good one. Just take that one and run. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you mentioned something, um, not on this podcast, but on another podcast that you were on recently, um, about just being a reader. And I've always, I'm a reader as well. I've always, I love like learning from other people and just finding out what they're reading and whatever. So give me like, some things that you've read this year that you've loved that you feel like, Hey, this has been like shaping me. This has helped me. And then I know this is hard, but give me like top three, you know, give three of your top five, whatever, some books that you feel like, Hey, like I couldn't have lived my life without these ones. So would love to hear that from you. Oh man. Okay. Let's see here. So yeah, that's, that's quite the question. We could spend some time on the books. Um, I have some, I have a few that I keep like right here next to my desk because you know, I look over at them. And, and for that split second, you know, I get the little, the quick little cliff note refresher that, that goes through my own brain. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, you know, the cult of, of service and excellence, mm. uh, which, which talks, uh, and then there's, I think there's another one out there called the cult of the customer, where it talks about where, where people, um, when, when they go into to an office or, or they go in for an experience that it takes five times before they believe it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so you want to, you want to give them this, this, uh, this relatable, um, you know, trustworthy experience where they know that what they're going to get every single time. Yeah. Um, so those are, those are on my, my, uh, my bookshelf here. Let's see here. Anything by Jim Collins, you know, good to great, great by choice, and yep. and being able to understand what sets different different companies apart. I, those are that that forms in my brain all the time. Hedgehog concepts, and that you're mm-hmm. you're never gonna you know run out of opportunities. That it's picking the right ones and mm-hmm. and making sure you're doing those. Um, the five dysfunctions of a team is is huge for us as far as making sure that that uh, you're you're recognizing the different things. Uh, to be able to build trust within your organization, have constructive conflict, be results driven, you know, all of those different things. I quote uh, death by meeting a lot to people um, (laughs) because I think that uh, meetings, you know, drive organizations and and it's something we try to stay away from quite a bit is, is people are always complaining about meetings, you know, and I think there's a mug somewhere in this office that says, you know, another meeting that could have been an email, Um, but, and which, which is true, but, but I think that meetings, good meetings are just magical, you know? And so we we run, we run an EOS system here. And, Mm -hmm. and so we have, you know, weekly meetings that I don't even know how I lived without these before, (laughs) you know, I look back on my life, like how, how did we function? How did this even become a thing without this? Um, so those are those are some of my big ones. Let's see here. I love it. Uh, yeah, I'm looking around. Give the me room like, seeing if there's yeah, anything give me else. from your from your brain, just like yeah, one or two where you're like, 
man, I read this and this is just like always going to be a favorite of mine. Like something that like, Hey, this is, this is it for me, you know, like just top, top ones ever, you know, top ones ever, you know, good to great and great by choice. Those are, those are my top ones, you know, that I just feels like they, they kind of changed my life. Really? Like just, I could listen to, to Jim Collins explain that stuff day in, day out and be super happy about it. All day. I love it, man. I love it. We can, we, we, we can have a sidebar conversation sometime at a conference. <laughs> but yeah. If you can be at a conference, like ask him about his books, right? Like, you know, share what books you're reading. Probably. Uh, I think book people generally like can totally nerd out on that stuff. So I yeah. love it. Um, cool. Let's move into making dental care more human um, for our last little bit here. Um, you know, I mentioned this idea of a small, easily implementable tip. You've given us one. I'm going to ask you a different question if you want to wrap it into that as well. Um, okay. You mentioned earlier, like, hey, like my job is looking at the analytics and, you know, whatever. I've, I have a, a, a big problem, I would say, uh, with the idea that patient experience is not measurable. Obviously, that's why we started a different kind. Uh, I feel like it is. And it's really interesting because there was a, a recent article in Becker's that was like, what is patient experience? And they asked all these different leaders. And there's like 26 different people and there's 26 different responses. And I'm like, there's actually like some pretty good think tanks that have like kind of defined this. And like, you know, I don't think there's 26 answers here. Right. Um, and so what I would love for you to just kind of share with us is like, Hey, how do you, how are you measuring that? Um, from the, like, what are you looking at? What's the data that you're looking at and how are then you kind of translating that to like team performance and, you know, all, all the patient metrics and stuff like, what does that process look like for you currently? Yeah. For, for us, you know, you, one of the issues with reviews or things like that is just, you know, who's taking it, who's taking the time to do it and stuff like that. So we're, we are big into our Google reviews and trying to, to push for those and, and oh. finding every way to break down barriers to make it easier for people to do it, just yeah. to try to get the biggest sample size that you can. Totally. You can you you can trust it, but you can't trust it. You know, it's oh. it's one of those things that <laughs> it can give you an idea of what's going on, but it's not necessarily the full picture. Yeah. Our biggest metric that we run is what we call active hygiene patients, right? Okay. And and for us, what it is, is we're trying to create an experience inside of Open Door that causes people to come back every six months for their cleaning. That's, yeah. that's the overarching goal. We can roughly, and I, I get this is, again, a bold statement, we can yeah. kind of cure dental disease if we mm-hmm. had everybody coming back every six months. We can catch things as they're starting. We can fix it at its very like least uh, expensive point. Yep. We've got all these opportunities if we just get people to keep coming back every six months. Yep. So what yep. we're looking for is I run a, a, a customized metric of people who had a cleaning in the last nine months because you're mm-hmm. not going to get everybody at their exact six-month interval. But yep. if they're outside of nine months, then you maybe have a problem. You know, What yep. is it that in three months you weren't able to recapture them? Were you Did you have an issue explaining how important it is that they're in every six months or you know what what's going on there? Are you yep. not as available as you should be? Those different things. So our biggest metric that we're looking at is our increase of active hygiene patients, people that are consistently coming back for, for their, their cleanings. And so that's really, that's the one that we live and die by. That's the one that across the, it's on every scorecard throughout the entire company Mm -hmm. is watching that number. And how did we do this week? And then, you know, we compare it to new patients, obviously with new patients, that means it should be going up every single week. But if you're losing patients, at the same rate that you're gaining patients, then something's going on. And uh, so we compare that with the amount of hygiene visits that we're seeing. And so it all interrelates and it all looks at what are people doing over what are people saying? Because unfortunately, um, you know, you'll get a five-star review from somebody who doesn't come back for, for two years. Yeah. And and as much as I'm super thankful for the five-star review, I want that. I, I'm definitely going after that. The bigger compliment to me would be that that person never misses a hygiene appointment again. 
Totally. And, and so that's what we're after is making sure that people are consistently coming back. And, and we've refined that metric over time and figured out, you know, what are, what are um, accurate goals? Mm-hmm. What should we be looking for as far as what's, a, what's an accurate retention rate? You know, you do have people who are going to come in because their mouth hurts because they've got a, a pain. And maybe they aren't going to come back as often as you'd like them to. So, so it's not that you're retaining 100% of everybody, but what's, what's a real goal for you? And, and for, for us, we've got some lofty goals because we want to just keep growing this thing. But we see a lot of patients. We create a lot of great patient experience, and, and we're keeping up with that and, and just adding more and more consistency. And mm-hmm. that base creates just more and more business all the time. So from a financial standpoint within the, the organization, that's so much dentistry to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and right now, again, just with what everybody's dealing with is just having enough team to be able to do all the dentistry that's in front of you. That's that's really that starts to be the even bigger struggle is if once you start creating a great experience, your issue is controlling the growth yeah. and and managing the growth, which is an awesome problem to have. But it's a problem. Yeah. The, so, the, right, the right problems to have, but still a problem. Still, have still to be a mad. problem. Still yeah. an issue. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, so last question here. Uh, I, I mean, I totally like. We literally could have this conversation all day. Um, <laughs> but when you think of like, so you, you know, hey, we want to provide best in class patient experience, right? Um, yeah. We want to be the people that people think about when they think about, hey, this is what an experience at the dentist should be like, right? Um, so, what's at the top of your priority list? Like, when you think about that, like, hey, here's the the you know. I want to make sure that this happens every single time. And these are the top three or whatever, right? Like, what are the things that you're just like so focused on in terms of like, hey, this is the open door experience. And this is how that looks every single time for people. Um, share with us a little insight into your into your secret sauce. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for us, it's really, I, I think the the thing that gets overlooked is time. I, mm. I think time is people's just most valuable resource. It's mine for sure. I look at my time as my most, most valuable thing that I have to give. And so somebody being able to be consistent and mm. and know exactly how much time they're going to spend at the dental office. Uh, there was a study done in collaboration with Northwestern University a, a few years back talking about how long do people expect to be in a hygiene visit? Yeah. And uh, the, the answer came back at 56 minutes is the average, you know, is where, where it comes out at, you know, pulling like 10,000 people. Yeah. And so the, the fascinating thing is what we've found is once, once you start hitting over that hour mark, it's similar to that feeling people get at a restaurant when you feel like you've been waiting for the check for too long, right? Yeah. Where you're sitting there and you're like, what is taking so long? And, and that's the point at a lot, in a lot of offices where you're trying to present treatment plans, you're trying to present, um, you know, financial options. And if you've gone too long, then you lost that person. They're gone because they, 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 the most important thing in their life is not their dental appointment. The most important thing is picking up kids and, you know, the, the moms have, have, you know, the, the soccer practices and school assignments and everything else that dad or, or mom, everybody has work on their mind. Like there's so many other things that if you're not a respecter of their time, then, then you lose them. So I would say number one in open doors mind in our, in our philosophy and our strategy is people's time. That's the thing that when, when they get here, we are trying to respect their time. So our, our hygiene appointments are designed around the idea of we're going to have you here for right at about an hour. And that's all we're going to have you here for. And so you can, you can set your watch by it. You can, we're not, we're not going to keep you longer because what we don't want to have happen is that you, you want to offend a mother, make her late, you know, to pick somebody up and, and feel feel ridiculous about doing it or make make a, someone late for, for an appointment at their job. 
they'll be like, I, I'm never scheduling that appointment again. And that's yeah. one of the reasons that we have our, our appointments available, you know, before and after work and school and stuff like that. But I think people's time we, yeah. we have in both medical and dental, this uh, interesting philosophy that our time matters a ton mm. and the patient's time is irrelevant. You know, uh, we <laughs> bought a practice, we bought a practice once that, that had a sign, you know, inscribed on the wall, everything like that, that, hey, we're dealing with emergencies. And so that that may be why you have to wait and you would get the same level of respect and stuff like basically saying, if we're running behind, it's okay. But yeah. the second that you're late, you know, if you're five minutes late for your appointment, cancel or cancellation fee or whatever, like that is not open door in any way, shape or form. The right. patient's time is is what's valuable to us. So I would say that's number one. Um, you know, and really, really just focusing on making sure overall that they, you know, dental experiences are rarely, if ever comfortable and rarely, if ever something's that somebody goes home and is like, it was so fun. I had so much, <laughs> such a good time at the dentist today. Yep. That's not going to happen. But if yeah. you can make sure that they felt, you know, listened to that, you can make sure that they felt like the people there enjoyed what they were doing. They were friendly. They smiled. They made eye contact like we talked about and yep. things like that. You can change their entire outlook and be yep. like, I went to my dental appointment today and it was not the worst thing that happened to me today. That's amazing. <laughs> right. There you go. I, know. I, so. I say all the time, people, people rarely wake up on dental day, right? The day where they have to go to the dentist and they're like, sweet. Like this is my favorite day of the year. Right. Like I'm so pumped. Right. But yeah, yeah. I think you're, you're uh, to your point, you know, yeah. If you can, uh, you know, if we, we have a barrier to overcome as a profession, right? Of like what the past experience of most people at the dentist has been. Um, and so, you know, that's an opportunity though, right? Of like, we yeah. have to grapple with that as a profession and we have an opportunity to change that for future generations. And I totally appreciate all the work that you're doing to not only do that for patients at Open Door, but to do that for the entire profession with your role and your advocacy and all of that stuff. So, man, like, again, just so grateful that you would join us here on Kind of Different today. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, if they're like, hey, I just want to learn from you or, hey, we think we should, maybe should have a chief experience officer based on this, right? Like, yeah. uh, how do they get in contact with you if they want to find out more about you and, you know, what, what Open Door is doing? Give us a little bit of place to go if, if they're interested in learning more. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to talk to people if, if there's any questions on that entire thing. So my email is a great way to get in touch with me, A Gordon G-O-R-D-O-N, at opendoordental.com. Easiest way to probably track me down is just to get me an email. Um, and then I, I'm pretty good about responding to people and, and getting back to you. But I would love to, any questions about anything we've got going on, I'm happy to reach out. Awesome, man. Well, again, thank you so much, not only for you know the work that you're doing and how you're doing it and just the thoughtful way of, of opening doors for patients. I mean, that's such a beautiful uh, thing that I think is, is really admirable and, and uh, very obviously patient focused. Um, so thank you for all the work that you're doing with regards to that. But thank you for continuing to advocate for this across the profession. It's so needed and uh, love hearing your voice, love listening to your stories and uh, learning more about you today. So thanks so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, Matt.